Daf Kufiyot Bet, the Amad Aleph and Amad Bet, the last Daf of Masech the Ksubis. Quantity also counts. Rabbi Chanina have a mitkel mitkele. One of the most important functions of wisdom, both in Torah and in business and also in life, is to understand the correlation between inputs and outputs. What inputs do you need in order to get the desired output, the desired result? And the challenge is that we usually think very narrowly about that. If you want your child to get better grades at school, they've got to study harder, have a more material. Um, if you want to get uh, better performance in your business, you focus on efficiencies uh, and productivity. So we have, we have in our minds what the inputs are and what the outputs are, but we usually think quite narrowly about those inputs and outputs. There's a, important work was done by a friend of mine, Dov Seidman. He's founded the LRN organization and he wrote the book called How and he puts out a How report every year or two. And a few years ago in the How report, he demonstrated the correlation between trust in an organization's culture and performance, the direct correlation. Um, and normally, if a company is not performing, we look at all the performance stuff. We look at the efficiencies. We look at the productivity. We do the, those normal exercises. Uh, but if, if, if one realizes that the performance of a company is a function uh, in a lot, to a large extent of innovation, and innovation is a function of risk-taking, and risk-taking is a function of trust, then if you want to improve performance, where you've got to focus your efforts is trust in the culture. Uh, but that's crossing boundaries because trust is a qualitative input and performance is a quantitative output. You can't measure, measure trust that easily. Trust is a quality, it's a middot. So you're talking about midot characteristics. Musar is a necessary input to improve performance as an output of a business. That's the whole chiddush of, of our way of thinking about business. And it's the Torah's way of thinking about life. Patrick Lencioni, the author of, of The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, came to the same conclusion at about the same time using a completely different method. The relationship between, between trust, which is midos, and midot, and performance, which is, which is quantitative. And that's foundational to understanding this last page of Gomorrah Subis. Because in this last page of Gomorrah Subis, we're talking about many of the shvachim of Eretz Yisrael, the wonder, wonderful qualities of Eretz Yisrael. But in talking about the qualities, everything the Gemara is talking about is quantities. How big the fruit is, how much output one dunam of land in Eretz Yisrael can produce compared to any other, la any other area. It's all about output. It's all economic measures of Kedushat Eretz Yisrael. How are we measuring Kedusha Eretz Yisrael with economic measures? But what we see is that is in fact it, that Kedusha translates itself into, into measurable outputs. There's, um, Dr. Schumann, you're probably doing this in your work all the time, that, that traditional medicine is, pro, is measurable inputs, measurable outputs. And, and as far as I understand, a lot of what you do is a much more qualitative, holistic input to get the desired output. It's not just about the, the measurable inputs to get measurable outputs, tangible inputs to get tangible outputs. You've got to understand the intangibles in order to get the desired um, tangible output. And, and it's interesting because that's not our training, that's not the way we think about things, but it is, uh, it, it is so important when I, 
sent out yesterday's shira to, to a wider audience, it wasn't so much for the important um, learnings about how we approach a Talmud Chochem. And I think of my own life, of every time I've had to um, build connection with a Talmud Chochem, to use sometimes tangible physical things in order to build that that connection with, with, with him. But also, the important part of Weissen is to understand the role of a Rav in a Kehillah. And I sent out the article by Rav Lopiansky in Washington because it, it's so fun, particularly after COVID, we've lost an understanding of the role of Kehillah and the role of a Rav. The role of the Rav is to teach the relationship between qualitative input and quantitative output. That's his role. His role is not to give it Vatora at Mayriv. His role is not to, to say a Vort. His role is to help people understand the correlation between quantitative input, quantita quanti qualitative input and quantitative output in all areas of their lives, including in Torah itself. And we see this so clearly at the end of, uh, of, of Masech the Ksubis. So it goes so far, the Gemara tells us at the end of Kufiud Betam with Aleph, Rabbi Abba Menashek Kipi Da'ako. When, when Rabbi Abba arrived at Akko, he arrived by boat, and he came to Eretz Yisrael in Akko, he kissed the rocks of, of Akko. Rabbi Hanina metakin matkele. Rabbi Hanina used to repair the roads. Says Rashi, why was he repairing the roads? Because he loved Eretz Yisrael so much. He didn't want anybody to have a nasty word to say about the roads. And the pathways. He so made it sure that anybody who walked down the roads would find it easy so that nobody would have anything to complain about in Eretz Yisrael. Uh, now they're taking good care of the, of the roads in Eretz Yisrael. Now it's a matter of the garbage. If one would be able to clean, clear away the garbage and not litter Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael is a place of Kedusha. And to be able to walk past litter and not pick it up, what is that about? That means we don't understand Eretz Yisrael at all. We think it's just a country like any other country. To understand Kedushat Eretz Yisrael, it must pain us every time we see litter on the ground and to do something so that people shouldn't complain about it. To actually do something, it's not just standing on the sidelines. Look at what, Rabbi, what, what the great Rabbi Hanina was willing to do was himself to fix the roads in order to be able to make them uh, easy and, and pleasurable to go. Rabbi Ami Rav Asi kaima mishamsha letulo mitulo leshamsha. When Rav Ami and Rav Asi were learning and they were sitting in the shade and then the sun would move and now they're sitting in the sun, they would move to the shady area. So, says Rashi that the reason that they did it, it's Rashi continuing with his shita, um, they wanted to avoid commenting even in their minds, oh, it's so hot. How many times have you said, oh, it's, it's, it's so hot. It's so hot. Ranana is so hot. Uh, or it's so cold. Or in Yerushalayim, the cold gets to your bones. And we just say these things. Look at Rabbi Hanina, look at the Rabbi Ami and Rabbi Asi, would make, them, make sure they were comfortable that the air conditioning is on and that the heating is on and that they're comfortable so that they should never find themselves saying a nasty word about the environment of Eretz Yisrael in, in which they are. Tosfus has a different girsa, if you'll notice. The, Rashi of, the girsa of Rashi is metakein mitkele that Rabbi, uh, Rabbi uh, Abba, that, that Rabbi Hanina fixed the roads, repaired the roads and made them smooth. Tosfus's version in his Gemara is Rabbi Hanina Havi Metakil Mitkele. He was, what is Metakil with a Lamed, not with a Nun? Uh, 
Perush shokel avanim. He would weigh the stones of Eretz Yisrael. Now, why would he do that? Why would he weigh the stones? Once again, you see how we're getting into quantitative measure for something qualitative. We always get that confusion of what we measure and what we drive. We measure results. We drive and measure performance. But we drive trust. The, the drivers of a business are different from the measures of a business. The drivers of success are different from the measures of success. The drivers of growth, whether you're growing a business or a child or oneself or a kihila, the drivers are different from the measures. And that's the chokhmah, is to be able to understand which are the drivers and which are the measures. So why was he weighing stones? Umotzan kalot, he found the stones were light. Amar Israel. He would put the stones on the, way, on the scale and it's, ah, this is a light stone. This is not Eretz Yisrael. Kivan shishaklanu metzahan kvedot. But when he's traveling towards Eretz Yisrael, he noticed the stones were now heavy. They're much more dense. Omakvan ichnas to Eretz Yisrael. So he said, I've come to Eretz Yisrael. So to define whether you're in Eretz Yisrael or not is a measure. It's the weight of a stone. Tells you where you are. What are you measuring? You're measuring Kedushat Eretz Yisrael. How can you measure Kedushat Eretz Yisrael, the sanctity of Eretz Yisrael, with a scale? How can you do that? But Rabbi Hanina did. There's a Midrash Tanchuma that expands on this. When Rabbi Hanina Hagadol came from Bavel, he wanted to know when he was in Eretz Yisrael because the Halachot changed. The Dinim changed the moment you're in Eretz Yisrael. And there wasn't a border, there wasn't a sign. He didn't know exactly because they came through the Golan. So it wasn't that they crossed the River Jordan. They, they were in Eretz Yisrael before then. How do you know whether it's Eretz Yisrael or not? So he would weigh the stones and when they were, while they were light and of, of little density. He said, I'm not in Eretz When the stones got heavy, he would kiss the stones because he realized this was Eretz Yisrael. And he used this pasuk from Tehillim, Your servants want its stones. Its stones are valuable. And they will appreciate and value the sand, the dust of Eretz Yisrael. And Rashi says on that pasuk in Tehillim, There's a medrash that they so loved the stones of Eretz Yisrael and the quality which manifested in the quantitative density of the stones that they took them with them to Bovel. Imagine going to Bovel and putting stones in your suitcase so that when you build shuls in Bovel, you'll build them with the stones of the of, of Eretz Yisrael, the stones of the of the of the Beis Hamikdash. The legend has it in the old shul in Jerba that um, the original shul was was built uh, 1,500 years ago, and the stories they brought stones, and that one of the stones from the Beis Hamikdash is actually in that shul. That's right, eh, Philip, because you you were there. In the old shul, in the old shul in, in Jerba. Uh, but there was, there's a medrash that they did that to Bovel. They took stones. Maybe those are the same stones they afterwards took to Tunisia uh, and, and wanted to build them into the shuls to add Kedusha. But what's special about those stones is they're very heavy. Explains the Mara. What's the relationship? Ki ha'avanim moreh al ki eretz Yisrael yesh la ha'ma'ala zot she'en advarim sheba chomrim. The density of the stone indicates their spirituality. 
That's a kind of counterintuitive, isn't it? You would think something spiritual is very ethereal, it's very light. No, says the, the Maharal. The more kedushal there is in a physical thing, the denser it is, not the lighter it is. Like gold. Gold is dense. From this we'll know that when they're heavy, when the stones are heavy and dense, that indicates that you're not dealing with a, as, as physical a land as other countries are. It's Israel is denser. She came to Shu, it's a Sharavane Bazar, etc. For the Drash Zayatza, Yeshleda to Lavimi Masham Rusha Avanim Kashim, Vakoshi Mureal Habilti Homri. Density, hardness, diamonds, the, the density and heaviness of gold, these rocks of Eretz Israel. Density indicates high value. And that's in everything. When you use your time with density, it has higher value. You have a person whose mind is dense in the sense that it's, it, there's a lot condensed into it, there's a lot of knowledge and wisdom, it's higher value. When a person's life is condensed, it's full of lots of experiences and lots of le- learning, it's higher value. <laughs> because physical things get moved easily. <clears throat> but something which is not so physical, it doesn't get moved easily. A person who is spiritual doesn't get moved by every fad. Every time there's a new fad, he's got a new idea, and one day it's this, and one day it's that, and in his business it comes and goes, and in his home it comes and goes, and in his shul it comes, always trying a new thing. That's not, that's not Yiddishkeit, that's not spiritual. If it's spiritual, it's founded, it's deep, it's rooted, it's dense, it's stable, it's consistent. That doesn't mean you don't have agility, but it doesn't just wave. The agility comes from an inner place, not from an outer place of what's, of what's affecting you at the time. And the Talmidei Chachomim of Eretz Yisrael are tougher than the Talmidei Chachomim of Chutzlaret. There's a toughness to them. There's an inflexibility to them. There's a consistency. harder to move them. And that's because of Kedusha Seretz Yisrael. That's why you'll find Kanaim in Yeretz Yisrael. People who are very passionate and won't move and won't shift. And that's how it has to be. Very hard to move people in, in Eretz Yisrael. Very hard to persuade people. That's why consultants have a difficult time in Eretz Yisrael with Israeli clients. They're hard to get them to change overseas. You just tell them, hey, there's a new fad. Have you heard about it? They immediately, how much does it cost? We want it. And it's, in Eretz Yisrael, you say there's a new fad, they say, ah, we're a new fad. There's nothing new. Tell me something that's meaningful. Because that's Eretz Yisrael, it's, it's heavy, it's dense. You can't just flit around. So don't think that the harshness of his Eretz Yisrael, is a negative quality. Because this is like the stones of Eretz Yisrael that are precious, they're, they're dense, they're valuable. That's part of the quality of, of Eretz Yisrael. At the end of the, of the Mesechta, the last line of the Mesechta, Omar Rabbi Chia Barashi Omar Rav, Atidin Koli Lanei Serik Shebeet Yisrael Sheet Anu Perot. Ultimately, when Mashiach comes, all the f- trees of Eretz Yisrael, including the evergreens, will have fruit. Every tree will be a fruit tree. Shenema Ki Eitz Nosei Pritei Nove Gefenit Nuchelam. 
That's the, the end of it. Um, and says the Maharal, why is that? Perush. We have another example here of qualitative input delivering quantitative output. It's the most amazing thing because when you get it and you understand it and you understand the correlations, how much does qualitative input cost in a business? Zero. That's the beauty of quality. It's free. And what does it deliver? Quantitative output. So what's a better business investment than the right qualitative input? And it's the same in our lives, and it's the same in the country, and it's the same in building institutions. That's the most efficient thing that there is to possibly do. Says the, says the Maharal, Even green trees will have fruit. Don't think that fruitless trees, that green trees, don't have fruit because of something wrong with them or something different about them. That's their species. It's much harder to get fruit. Peirot means profits. Peirot means revenue. To get revenue out of a barren tree is much harder. It's not impossible. It just needs the right input. And that means the Eretz needs Kedushah. You need more sanctity in the land in order to be able to, um, in, in order to, be able to do the, the necessary, uh, to get the necessary output of Perot. And in the future, there'll be enough brocha for the land to produce fruit out of every tree. And there's a medrash in last week's Pasha. At the time of, of Breshis, even the... The ordinary trees, oak trees and pine trees, they all gave perot. There was fruit from all of them. Then it deteriorated, and in time to come, we'll get back to that. Once again, understanding that the input, the land, the sand, the climate, the water, that's all the input, and the quality of the input, including the kedushah of the aretz, the sanctity of the land, will impact the quantity, not only the quality of the output, but also the quantity of, of, of the output. Um, what an incredible Masech that we've just completed. Tomorrow we'll start with Nedarim. Next week, um, I, I will be away, so Rav Horowitz will give the shir. I'll try to continue to put the shirim on the, uh, on the website, so we'll continue starting Masech Nedarim. But tomorrow we'll already start Masech Nedarim. But um, from when I get back, uh, the week after next, I hope we can learn upstairs, that we can learn without interruption. Those people who want to learn and, and focus, these Gemorras, particularly get into Nadorim, need a lot of focus. We've only got 15 or 20 minutes. It needs to be intense, needs to be heavy, needs to be dense. You can't have a, a, an interrupted 15, 20 minutes and expect to get value out of it. Can't be. There needs to be incredibly high quality. I put hours and hours and hours into this 20 minutes, and if you're distracted, it's not fair to you. So let's make an effort to make sure that the upstairs is sorted out and we can have our share upstairs until Shachar starts. Mm-hmm.